Be sure to tune in to the latest episodes of our show where we break down and analyze the latest in sports news and info. Catch us on the Spotify, Radio Public, and Breaker apps, as well as Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook at Fourth Quarter Podcast with Ed and Unc, on Twitter at Fourth underscore Podcast, and on Instagram at Ed and Unc. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fourth Quarter Podcast with Ed and Unc on this cloudy Wednesday morning. I am your host, Unc. And I am your host, Ed. And in today's show, we're going to discuss the blockbuster trade that occurred between the Clippers and the 76ers. We're going to discuss the woeful Lakers and their 42-point loss against the Pacers and the latest on the Anthony Davis trade news. Now, we begin today's show, of course, with the blockbuster trade that occurred yesterday between the Clippers and the 76ers. The Clippers sent Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott to the 76ers in exchange for Landry Schmidt, which is their surprisingly good rookie, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, and a 2020 protected first-round pick and unprotected 2021st first round pick via Miami the 2021st second round and a 2023rd second round pick via Detroit uh, I say let me, I'm going to start this off because when I first saw this I, I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it because not only is uh Tobias Harris was an up and coming star this is his I believe this was his breakout season and he was doing pretty good for Clipper matter of fact he had just got done hitting a game winner for them to win the game that they won last night and for him to be traded like that I thought he was a big part of their future. And, and uh, currently, as we speak right now, the Clippers are sitting at the eighth seed at 30 and 24. They could possibly make a playoff push. I, I guess that they opted to dis, to go for the rebuild, and I guess they said the eighth seed wasn't going to be good enough. That's, that's the only thing I could see from from this standpoint on the Clippers' side. Maybe they got some stuff going on towards the future. As for the 76ers, I think this makes the 76ers a very a very strong contender for in the East this this year. I know a lot of people have been talking about the uh, the Raptors and the Celtics and this and that and even the Bucks. But uh, I'll just say you can't look over the 76ers team. They acquired uh, Jimmy Butler. They acqu- now they got Tobias Harris, and they did all that without having to give up any major superstars like uh, Simmons or they had they didn't have they didn't have to give up uh, uh not Okafor I'm sorry, uh. What's his name? Why can't uh, MB, they? Uh, MB. Yeah, they could. They didn't have to. They didn't have to give nobody in. This team. This team right now. I say the 76ers are maybe the most dangerous team in in the East now. Oh yeah, I agree, brother. And like you said, my, the reason for the Clippers, I see it as the Clippers. They saw they had the AC in the in the playoffs, but they knew that with the roster they had previous to the trade, we're not going to be able to beat beat the Warriors in a seven game series and Doc Rivers knew, knows that and management knew that so what they did was they went ahead and went all in on the rebuild and another key thing to this trade is when they the key piece in this trade Tobias Harris okay he was on a one year deal he had one year left on his contract with when he was playing with the Clippers and with the way he was performing this year averaging 20 points per game of 50% field goal shooting and 42% from three. He's definitely going to draw a lot of interest in the free agent market come this uh, summer. And the Clippers know they're in the sweepstakes for one of these top free agents like Kevin Durant. They're already targeting Kawhi Leonard as their primary target. And something, something else to consider is also the Anthony Davis factor. And we are when the Clippers haven't been forefront in saying they want to pursue Davis, but we, as we all know, Davis included the Clippers as one of the few teams that he added to the Lakers that he would possibly play for. And with, with making this trade, now they for sure have those two max slots for two super max players coming into the season next year. And with Tobias and everyone else gone, they went all in into the rebuild. Like I said, they stocked up on all draft. They got all these draft picks. They got all these young players, and they're going to go all in 
on the superstar sweepstakes that everyone else is trying to participate in on the uh in on the summer. What the reasons the some of the reasons I wrote down for the Clippers was they wanted to clear up room to pursue those free agents, like I said. And they knew that if they wanted to pursue those all NBA caliber players, they knew they weren't going to be able to pay Tobias Harris because he was playing like a max player this year. And they knew that other teams were going to be interested in trying to sign him. So they went ahead and traded him. That way they can get something back in return like those picks that Philadelphia gave up. That way they can stock load on picks. And at the same time, they they don't have to worry about trying to get Tobias Harris a good contract or just letting them walk for nothing with that kind of season he's having. And yeah, for the Philadelphia 76ers, like you said, Ed, like with this move, I, if you ask me, they are the favorite in the East because they are the only team in the NBA that has five people in the starting lineup averaging over 17 points per game. And the Harris impact is He's going, he's going to fit right into Philadelphia's system. You know, they've been looking for a guy who can shoot the three as exactly. Yeah, he can definitely help them space the floor. You're right about that. Right. Like 42% from three, they definitely need that. And they get another capable scorer who can get it on his own. Now, I will say, El- Elton Brand, their new general manager, he, his, first, his first year on the job, he's going all in on this year. And oh, yeah, yeah. You can't say El- Elton Brand had did a great job getting these players and not giving up too much. I don't think he's giving up giving up too much on anything he's, that he's traded. When he got Jimmy Butler, he didn't give up too much. And now getting uh, Tobias Harris, he did not give up too much on that either. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, now for the, 70, for the 76ers, now they have a capable starting lineup. But now their only focus now is to build depth from the bench. Now – Really, they need some athleticism and some scoring off the bench. They only have T.J. McConnell, Firkin Cormaz, and an injured Markel Fultz and Zaire Smith that is on their bench at the moment. So going into the trade deadline, going into the buyout, they're definitely going to be looking for heavy guards on the buyout, like a Wesley Matthews or someone like that, to add depth to that bench because they know they have the, the firepower in the starting lineup, but they know come playoffs, it's going to be the depth that's going to get them over the top. And then, like I said, with the Clippers, they chose to protect their ass, assets and acquire more assets. And a key thing to look at, too, was if the Clippers would have made the playoffs, they would have lost their first-round pick for this year. That's a key thing I saw when I was doing, when I was doing my research. I saw that. If the Clippers were to make the playoffs, they weren't going to – that protected draft pick they had this year, it wouldn't have been protected. They would have lost it. So the Clippers said, we're going to go all in on the rebuild. We're going to keep as many picks as we can and maybe draft players from there. Use those picks and then do another package to get someone else and, you know, just stock up those assets in case you can make an, another another blockbuster trade to go along with the two max slots that you're preparing for coming up in the summer. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I think the Clippers really took a hidden hidden miss chance because there's a big possibility that you don't get Kawhi or you don't get AD or you don't get no one no no one in that point. And then from there, what do you do? Who are you building behind? Because most of the time, if you want to get a, a superstar, you gotta already have a superstar on that team. That's most like these days. Right. These days, like you're not another superstar, not coming to your team unless you have a superstar or you're are you capable of getting a superstar. Right now, we don't know if the Clippers are gonna be able to get any superstars. We don't know what they're gonna do. They got to play under their big brother, the Lakers, and we're gonna get we're gonna talk more about the Lakers later. But but they still that's a chance that uh, Kawhi Leonard decides still to go to to the Lakers. I know he said he wouldn't mind playing for the Clippers, or he could just stay in, in Toronto. They are doing pretty good this season. I, he doesn't seem like he does he doesn't like it up there. I don't see why he wouldn't. I think AD would rather play for a team with LeBron on it than a team without LeBron on it. I mean, you could, yeah, I mean, maybe if Kawhi come, Kawhi come, and uh, that could change something for AD. But AD, he's not a free, he's not going to be an unrestricted free agent to uh, 2021. So they have right. to require, they would have to require him by a trade. And I don't see any, any value. I mean, you, you see what, you see what the Pelicans are asking for Anthony Davis. I don't see anybody that the, that the uh, Clippers have that, that that would even interest or even wet the lips of the Pelicans to even talk about a trade with them 
because they I mean yes they do they do have these uh first round pick in 20 but we we don't know what my what Miami's gonna do in uh 2020 we don't we don't we don't know what those picks in uh 21 and, and 23 will be and we don't know who's gonna be available in the draft at that time we don't we don't this is all a what if scenario the Clippers took a uh, like you said they put they they ready to go and all re- rebuilding they went all in and they got rid to to uh, Tobias Harris who I really think that was they that was gonna be their their money getter as in and superstar getter I think uh teams and players would like to play with T- Tobias Harris he's not a he's a low-key star you know he's not a demanding star like a LeBron James or right. or Kyrie Irving or someone like that he plays his he plays ball and he gets out the way you know don't really hear too much about him outside of basketball and the, for the Clippers to let him go that definitely showed it definitely definitely proved the point that the Clippers are in rebuilding mode they are not going to try to force themselves into the playoffs and get a low seed and have to play somebody like the Rockets or the Warriors or even OKC a team that they're definitely not able to beat I don't believe in a, in a seven game series I don't think I don't think that the Clippers are that big of a that big of a challenge but I, 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 I think if he was going to make this trade, maybe you should have made it earlier because now now we got almost halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah, draft stock is way higher than it would have been. Look at Cleveland. We all know Cleveland is tanking. Look at the Hawks. They're going to be down there. The Suns, of course, the Suns are going to be down there. I don't even know why they still call the Suns. They could be called something different because they definitely not shining over there. But <laughs> but for the, for the Clippers, the Clippers – they they taking this they took an opportunity when they they let the they let Tobias Harris go and I'm not trying to look past I'm not let make uh Marjanovic or, or or Mike Scott but the big we all know the big trade right here was Tobias Harris that was just that was un, un, un we did not hear the the works had to be in as they was playing the game they must have already been talking to him and I, I don't know uh of course Tobias Harris would probably take this like a champ because he never seems to let anything really get under his skin but. Right there, they're right there. That were right there bothered me a little bit. And you see somebody like Tobias Harris, he goes out there, no matter what team they have, of course they have a little wheel still, he's gonna give you buckets no matter what. But like they go out there like that and you do you play your heart out and you you play for the fans and you starting to get to know know people and you feeling like maybe I could be a franchise player for this team and then boom, you trade it. Uh granted I'm glad he was traded to the seventy sixes. That's a even better scenario for him. Especially being in the East, where we all know it's a little easier to get to to the finals in the East than it is in the West. But I just think the Clippers just took a big risk because we don't know what those picks are going to be like, and we don't know if any superstars are really going to come to to the Clippers. We thought Paul George was coming to the Lakers; he ended up staying at OKC. So we don't know about that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Like I and like you said, with Tobias Harris, he is a definitely a star that you can build around and. My thought, my and I thought the same thing as you. I would have thought if they were going to tr- make any kind of trade, they would do it sooner, because before this, when the season started, I honestly believed that the Clippers were going to, at the end, when it when it was all said and done, that they were just going to stick with the rebuild and put their poker chips in on 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 this summer coming up. Now you were right; it's more risk than reward, because like you said, these are just draft picks, and some of them are unprotected and these are four then these are two three years down the line we don't know what these picks can turn into we don't know the type of players they're going to be available when these picks come into play and to do that for Tobias Harris who has established himself as a a great scorer if you ask me and a great borderline superstar if you think if you think about it Tobias Harris around the same time a year ago was traded from the was traded from the Detroit Pistons to the Clippers in that Blake Griffin trade. Yes, yes, it was. And, mo- and, and at the time, most people thought that the Pistons won the trade by getting Blake Griffin. But when the trade happened, I told people to keep an eye out for Tobias Harris. He is a great player who can fit into any system and give you quality minutes and then quality play. And I really thought with having Tobias Harris, Lou Williams, having those young rookies, down there, I really thought Doc Rivers and management were going to use that as like sort of like this is look at what we got here. You know, we got two accomplished scores, one on one starting and one coming off the bench. We got two good rookies, and then we got plenty of draft picks. I I would have thought, you know, I would have if it were if it were me, I would have said I'm going to take the chance with the playoff. You know, I'm going to stick it out through through the rest of the season. 
and then I'm going to put my chips in. Because, like I said, in the day, we don't know what's going to occur this summer. You know, there's no guarantee anyone is going anywhere, you know. And that uncertainty is going to be looming around them as the rest of the season goes on. Because, like I said, people thought Paul George to the Lakers was a lock. That didn't happen. He ended up staying in OKC. And, like I said, with that, the Clippers are really taking a really high risk in trading away and their established score for pretty much a rookie, a injured defender, and a bunch of draft picks. So that's that's definitely a high risk, high reward, but definitely more risk than reward if anything. Now, I want to I want to talk about the impact this trade has on each conference, starting with the East. Now. I'm going to start with the East leaders in Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee, who are at the top of the uh, playoff standings in the East. Now, with this trade, Tobias going to the 76ers, like I said, I, I have the 76ers as the favorite. Now, of course, they still have to work out the kinks of playing together and then figuring out how to get some depth for the playoff run. But I do believe, just going off starting fives, that they're definitely the favorite. Now, the Clippers... The Clippers actually impact one of the teams in the East because, the, and it's the Boston Celtics. Now, in this scenario, okay, Boston has, everyone knows Boston has all, has a barrel load of drastic, all kinds of teams. Danny Age has stocked up on so many picks. But the thing about those picks, the picks they have from the Clippers is if the Clippers were to miss, the playoffs this season, which they showed that they plan to do, and then if they miss it, miss the uh, playoffs next season, the 2020 first round pick that Boston got from the Celtics turns into two second round picks in 2020. That's an that's how Boston gets impacted directly by this, by this trade here. And like I said, as far as Toronto and Milwaukee, like I said, we know their standings in the playoffs. Like I said, with 76ers, with a little bit more of half of a season to go, I think they're going to push, going to push up in the standings. And ultimately, I think they're going to end up as the number two seed behind Milwaukee when it's all said and done. Now, the trade impact on the West, that number eight seed is up for grabs now between three teams, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Sacramento Kings, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, we know the problems the Lakers are having right now. And right now they're in 10th place. So they're one and a half games behind Minnesota. Now, we know with this trade, the Clippers are definitely going to slip in the playoff standings. So it's going to be basically a three-team race for that eighth seed. And the surprising team out of this group, the the Sacramento Kings, who are playing excellent ball with those young guys over there. Now that they see that this trade has occurred, they're definitely going to be buyers at the buyout. You know, they're they're in great need of small forward play. And I, I believe they're going to go out and find someone who can fill that void now that they see the opportunity they have of make, finally making the playoffs and ending the longest playoff drought in the whole NBA. And so, okay. okay, I have a question for you. Okay, since mm-hmm. uh, all this happening and, and everything, we do, see the, we do see the Kings on the rise. They have been one of the most surprised teams this year. Do you think the Kings are 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 a free agent des- destination? Do you think there's a chance that they get somebody like a, let's say a, a Kawhi Leonard or maybe even uh, Tobias Harris once he leaves Seventy uh, Sixers, he might come join uh, Darren Fox and those down there in the King. Do you see the Kings as a place that a free agent would like to go this year? Just depending on how they finish this season and how those young guys are playing this season. Oh yeah, I can I can definitely see the Kings being a destination for a superstar. You know, they got great young talent over there that they're developing well. The key thing is their development. And the Kings, the Kings have been the laughing stock of the West Coast for a very long time. But recently, with that change of culture, getting these young guys in there, getting all these expiring contracts out the way, I can definitely see that as a destination for a maybe not maybe not a top tier All NBA player, but definitely like a Kimball Walker. Or like someone of that caliber player, I can definitely see them going to that to the Sacramento Kings because De'Aaron Fox. Let me tell you something. He is a dog, and people people forget he was in the same draft class as Lonzo, and Lonzo went number two overall. And people people really thought Lonzo was the better player, and in reality, De'Aaron Fox is 
the better athlete, the better shooter, and the better facilitator. And the one time they did play head-to-head in college in the March Madness, De'Aaron Fox gave Lonzo the blues. Oh, absolutely dominated him. And the fact that Lonzo still went number two, and we all know what was behind Lonzo going number two. That was more of a, you know, political thing, you know, just... We all know what went into Lonzo going number two because we yeah, knew. <laughs> we, we, we all knew. Like he's, we knew. Like, and we see it as the as the seasons that played out since that draft. Like Lonzo probably should have been a number number ten pick if anything. Like I said, he has very he has real injury concerns, and like I said, he's just not fitting over there in L.A. for some reason since LeBron has been over there. And I really think Lonzo needs a change of scenery to get up out of there, but. As far as the, the Sacramento Kings are concerned, I definitely see them as a great landing spot. Now, like I said, at the buyout, they're going to have to get some small, small forward players. They're going to get a couple at least, and they're still going to have to keep developing those young players and keep playing ball to finish out the season. If they finish out the season on a good note, even if they don't make the get the number eight seed, if they just finish on a high note, and if they definitely make the playoffs, I definitely see some free agent going there this summer and teaming up with those young guys and giving it a try. Yeah, and uh, we talked. You talked about Lonzo, and uh, that just it brings us to our next topic: the the law, the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh my god! Oh my, they lost by 40, 42 points last night. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I think the young guys. Uh, now, early in the season, I felt like LeBron maybe he could have came back a little sooner than than he did. I'm not saying that he was not hurt because I don't know the man's body, but I feel like he could have came back earlier. Maybe he just wanted to see what the team could do without him. But we know what this Laker team is without him. That Poochies. And with LeBron, they're not much better. And that's no neck against LeBron because he's the greatest player I've ever seen in my lifetime. But that's just saying, I don't I don't think the young guys are believing anymore. All the, I think that they don't let the trade talk and all these rumors come out. I think they don't let that get to, got to their head. And they're not playing like they were earlier. I don't see the same same hunger in Kuzma. And I thought Lonzo was coming along. He can't. He does have a very injury problem that a lot of people don't try to, they try to look over it. But uh, he does have an injury problem. But the Lakers... They, they, they don't seem like they're dead into it no more. Especially, I mean, when, when you offer the whole team for one player, basically, <laughs> I, that would kind of make me feel some type of way too. Like, man, y'all, y'all ready to give away the, the whole future? We're supposed to be the future. Cos Kuzmer, I still think he's a dog. I think he's has. Oh, definitely. I, I think I think he's like he has so much untapped potential. Especially like he came the way he just came out. Uh, Came out of the draft. I mean, nobody expected him to come. I mean, like you said, Lonzo was number two overall. They expected him to be somebody. And I would say he was the best. He was the better rookie. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with me. He was the better rookie last year on oh, the Lakers team. And I think he has a, a lot of a, a lot of heart. But but this will happen to anybody. You get discouraged and stuff when you you see your team your team not uh believing in you. I know LeBron last night said that they should stay off of social media. But it's hard. It's easier said than done. When it's easy for LeBron to say that when you're LeBron James, and you know for a fact the franchise is going to be built around you even at 34 years old. But when you're 22, 23 years old, 21 years old, and you're constantly hearing, "Oh, you're going to get traded for this player," or "You're going to get traded for this player," "You're going to get traded," you plan, you plan just to get your value up, and they can trade you. And we still don't know if the Lakers are going to trade anybody or not. I know, I know they said that the Lakers have a. Uh, have backed out of the the talk, but that's that could all be talk. We don't know. We don't know what go home behind closed do- doors. They only tell us ten percent of the information. They don't tell us the whole thing. And the Lakers, that's that's flowing through the locker room right now. I know there's no way that that's not affecting this team right now because if you have half of your team, basically, I say about eighty percent of them on a trading block, basically, they're not gonna play as hard. They're not trying to. They're not gonna help this team try to go to the playoffs and they don't know if they're going to be here to see y'all even go to the playoffs or if they're going to be on another team or something like that. Like, I, I just think the Lakers, they, 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 they was too, they rushed themselves too much. They should have just let this rear ride out. Free agency is coming. Now we know, we know, unlike the Clippers, <laughs> I know that they're in the same city, but the Los Angeles Lakers just sound a lot, got a better ring to it than Los Angeles Clippers. No disrespect oh, to the Clippers. Oh but, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's just more, it's just more to being a Laker. I've never heard somebody grow up say, "I want to be a Clipper." I've always heard, "I, I want to be a Laker." All the great players, they come from the, the Lakers. We know the Clippers are the little brothers of the of the two. And and I think I still think I still think that uh 
that Los Angeles could grab somebody like DeMarcus because we know he's going to be a free agent or or a Kawhi Leonard. I think that they still have the a, a, ability, even maybe a Kyrie. Kyrie might even come play. You heard him, he apologized to LeBron. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, maybe they maybe they talk and maybe maybe they get Kyrie again. That would help the team out. And that would definitely, definitely send Lonzo off somewhere if they got, they got Kuma. I still think the Lakers made a mistake by letting D'Angelo Russell go. D'Angelo Russell's been a heck of a player. He's down there hooping in uh, Brooklyn. He's out there. He's out there helping this franchise turn themselves around. That's a sad franchise out there, and he's helping. He's bringing them out of the shadows. And this, then just, just this Lakers team is just in too much of a rush. You want to win right now. I know when you have LeBron, he's 34 years old. You can't. You don't have all the time in the world to be building and and getting ready. But I don't think LeBron James is gonna be much different for 34 than he is gonna be next year at 35. I think that the Lakers need to stick with their core, build that, build them up, let them get some experience. Even if y'all go to the playoffs and y'all lose, let them have that playoff experience so they get that hunger and they'll be wanting to come back. And then you can add guys to the team. I didn't, I even in the offseason when I saw who the Lakers signed, I didn't expect this team to be competing with the Rockets or the. Warriors or anything, they don't really have they don't really have that talent yet. And they still have some they still have some guys developing. They want Kuzma to be their second guy, and I, I mean I feel like he can be, but this is only his second year. Like guy, I feel like people forget that this is only Kuzma's second year. He's not a fourth fifth year player. He's his second year, and he's had some pretty good games this season. I think he's had some he had some uh, games or one game where he had like forty one game one one points in that game. And that's a that's a good showing right there. That's the that's untapped potential that I see. I think that they just need to sit down, slow down. Like like Rome wasn't building a day. God didn't make the earth in one day. Slow down. Like it's gonna be okay. Even if y'all only make it to the first round. And I don't think I don't think LeBron will I don't think LeBron will get swept. Maybe if they're the AC and they have to play somebody like the Warriors. I even still think if they get a good get the Rockets, we know the Rockets in the playoffs are a different team than they are in the regular season. Don't let the Rockets fool you about this regular season. They're they'll go in the, they'll get in the playoffs and you'll be like, who is this team missing 27 threes? But that's yeah. besides the point. But uh the Lakers are just they just gotta slow down. They gotta slow down. These young team, these young players not really playing with their heart no more. And that 42 point loss showed it last night. I guarantee you that. Yeah, and I want to piggyback off that, but I want to focus in on the young guys for a second before I get into the totality of what I'm about to say. I want to start with Monday. The report came out that the Lakers, as opposed to the deal that they already constructed before, they, when Monday came around, they added Zubox and Hart to the package that they were trying to deliver to the Pelicans, which included Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, Zubats, and Hart were added Monday to the deal, and two first-round picks. Now, we all know the Pelicans are asking for at least four first-rounders and the entire young core, and we know how that's going to play into a star worth going into the deadline. If you ask me, I don't think, if you ask me, I think the Lakers should just stay pat. And, you know, I know it looks rough now, but LeBron just came back. And, you know, once LeBron actually got to playing with those young guys a little better, they actually went on a decent run before he ended up getting hurt on Christmas Day. And I think with those young guys, like like you said, it's hard. It's easy for LeBron to say stay off social media when you're a 16-year vet and you're the cornerstone of the franchise and you know that you don't have to worry about going anywhere. But to some 20, 21, 23-year-old guys who – Every day, I like I tell people it's the millennial factor. You know, with millennials, we we can't stay off our phones. You know, so those young guys, they're going to be on Twitter, they're going to be on Instagram, they're going to see, they're going to be on ESPN, they're going to see all this trade talk with their names in it. And all young guys, like you can have, you can have mental toughness, you can be mentally focused, but when you hearing that, basically your team that drafted you wants to ship you out. For one player, that's going to definitely make things rough as far as on-the-court play. Guys not really focusing in because guys not knowing, why should I play hard here when I'm probably not even going to be here in a few days? Why should I have to give all my effort? Now, I, I want to look at it. I want to talk to you about this. Now, we know, like you said, with the D'Angelo Russell thing, I want to I take a look at that for a second. Is it us? I, I want to give blame to the Lakers in this regard. We see what D'Angelo Russell is doing once he got away from the Lakers. He's an all star. He's helping Brooklyn build a foundation over there and get them out of the sinkhole. 
Now, people 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 might want to know why that D'Angelo Russell wasn't in LA because we saw flashes of it, but he's more consistent in Brooklyn as opposed to when he was with the Lakers. And a lot of that can be the the Hollywood atmosphere, all the distractions, you know. Yeah. Also, uh, I think that Nick Young thing kind of threw him off too. You remember the whole situation with Nick Young and uh, yeah. yeah. I think that has something to do with it too. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that was the main catalyst that ended up getting Russell shipped about the door. But I take a look at Russell, and I want to uh, bring him up in this regard because we we see every day we talk about how Lonzo Ingram are not developing to where they had foreseen them developing when they had drafted them both at number two in back-to-back drafts. And I say that because people look at Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum, and they see them, they develop and playing excellent ball their first year in the league. And a lot of people get sidetracked in that. And I asked, and I asked a friend of mine the other day, I told him, take Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram, and you put them on the other's franchise. And I asked him, would Tatum, would you look at Tatum the same? And would you look at Ingram the same? Because we have to take into consideration the player development aspect of the franchises. I mean, Jason Tatum going in, he had Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge. We know how that player development is probably second to none up there outside of probably San Antonio. Because we've seen what Jalen Brown was coming into the league. He was basically just a defensive guy. And a few years later, now he's a 3 and D guy. And he was able, now he has a jump shot and he's a capable scorer when needed. So I take that into consideration because I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers just don't develop their players the same way some of these other franchises take the time to actually develop the game. Kuzma, I, the way Kuzma was playing, I, I give that in part because he had four years of college basketball under him, and I that really that really does help coming into the league having four years of playing organized basketball on a team environment in a high atmosphere like the Marsh Madness or something like that. You can see it in Kuzma. Like, you don't see Kuzma. I mean, you see, you you can literally see it in Lonzo and Ingram's body language. Like, they they know the trade talks are just wearing on them. Kuzma, he's just acting, he's just doing the same thing he's going to do. And whether he's traded or not, he's going to go out and shoot the ball about 24 times. Maybe maybe only make six or maybe end up making 21 of the 24. But we know what Kuzma's going to do. He's not letting this affect him. It's, it's the other young guys that I'm worried about that are doing that are not playing as well. Now, with the loss with the loss to the Pacers, the Lakers are 27 and 27. They are exactly at 500. They lost by 42 points. And that's the biggest loss of LeBron's career. The worst three losses he had. With 35 points to the Warriors in Oakland back in January of 2007 when they lost 126 to 91. They lost by 35 at the Pistons in November of 2007 when they lost 109 to 74. And here's the key thing. They lost their third worst loss of LeBron's career is by 34 points at the Pacers in last year's playoffs. So, so far the Pacers have had LeBron's number as far as being able to lock down on the other guys that are around LeBron and making LeBron do it all by himself. Now, the Lakers did beat the Pacers early in the year, 104-96 on November 29th at home. And the Pacers didn't have Olin Depot then either. So, with that, LeBron, as the game, as the league got bigger, LeBron, like, further distanced himself on the bench from the young guys. Like, as you saw as the game went, went on, LeBron would be two or three seats away from the next closest guy. He knows this, but he doesn't want, he wants to be, he doesn't want to be the guy to to say it. He don't want to look like the bad guy and say, I can't win with these guys. But everyone knows he's not going to win with those guys. That's why they're going all out for AD right now. And if you ask me, they should, I agree with you, they should have stayed they should stay back with the goal they had coming into the season. Just see how the season goes with LeBron and these young guys. Maybe at the trade deadline, get like another bench player or role player maybe, and then like ride the season out and see how it goes. But 
like I said, the fact that is that all this is happening is just crazy. Yeah, and uh, I, I have a I have a question for you. I already heard. I, do you think the Lakers are smart for backing out of the uh, AD deal? You know that the, we know that the Pelicans asking for so much. Do you think the Lakers are smart by saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna rethink our options before we just send everybody over to there"? Oh yeah, I oh yeah, I definitely uh really I really I really think they shouldn't have made the deal in the first place. If you ask me, like I said, I agree too. He should have just stayed pat. And just they should have just rolled the season out. They knew AD is under contract up until 2021, and they know their biggest bidder outside themselves, the Celtics, they can't bid for him until the summertime, literally, unless they trade Kyrie for Anthony Davis. So, if you ask me, I think they should have just stayed pat. Magic and Palenka should just stay with the game plan, rolled the season out, but at the same time. They didn't expect LeBron to go out like he did, you know, miss all those games. And you know, the Lakers went seven and thirteen. The Lakers are seven and thirteen in the past twenty games, and eighteen of those were without LeBron. You know, they were in the fourth seed at Christmas, and now they're in the tenth seed out of the playoffs. So, I look at it as they—they they of course couldn't foresee the LeBron James injury ahead of time, and you know, they want to. They see how the season went once he went down, and they don't want to just end the season out of the playoffs and everything like that. But I say just ride it out, you know. Like I said, AD is going to be there regardless. No, no one's going to bid for AD right now because no one either has the assets, and the one team that does have the assets, they can't bid for them to the summer. So I think they should just stay put, ride it out, and just see what happens. Okay, with this current team, with this current Lakers team right now, are they a playoff team in your eyes? The current with the current team they have now, do they make the playoffs? That's 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 tricky. It's tricky because if they were still, I I put it like this: if they if they were still around in that like fourth, fifth rounds, fifth seed, you know, somewhere around there, I would definitely say because if you give LeBron home court advantage, in if they, let's say the season ended on Christmas when they were the fourth seed, if. If you would have gave LeBron home court advantage in a first round series, they were going to win that series. Because LeBron is not going to, if, if LeBron has home court advantage, he's not going to lose at home. And now, and I think the playoffs would have energized the young guys, you know, knowing that they still on the team, knowing that they're not getting traded no more, and going into the playoffs for the first time in their careers. I think that would energize them and they would actually play good ball. But like I said, it's constructed right now with them being in the 10th spot. And after that big loss yesterday, I really, if I had to put my chips on the table, I would say the Kings are going to finish out with that eight seed. Uh, I do. I, I, I think I think the the Lakers on now. The only reason I do still feel this way is because they do have LeBron. I think the Lakers may still make the. I think they still have a chance to make the playoffs. But they, like you said, they, that 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 did hurt them when they lost LeBron, and they they did they didn't do as well as they should have. I mean, we do know the difference that LeBron makes. We we seen it. Look at Cleveland last year, and look at Cleveland this year. Just look at any team LeBron leaves, and look at them before and after LeBron leaves, and you tell and you tell me they they go from uh, finals contenders to scraping the bottom of the bowl, basically. So we do know that, that what LeBron James uh, brings out. I don't think it's too late for the Lakers just yet. I think if LeBron James can get these young guys to rally around him and they can get a fire, maybe they can at least they can they can get back up there and get back in. Because hey, look, think about this. We almost thought the we thought the Rockets was out of there. We thought the Rockets were were were, were washed up. They were not the team that they were they were last year. I still don't think they're that team, but they definitely have made a good comeback. We know James Harden. He's going going crazy. Probably the MVP this year. He's been going off every game basically. But uh, I think the Lakers might the Lakers might still have a ch- might still have a chance if uh if they just get it together now if you know AD already has uh, uh we've been speaking about a lot about AD and everything and that we got that brings us to the topic of uh AD trade talking if AD AD doesn't get traded by the trade deadline what what are the Pelicans to do? Because he's always already expressed that he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to be there. 
So you know you know what kind of play you get from a player who don't want to play for you. Look at Kawhi Leonard. He didn't want to play for the Spurs last year. He set out. Look at look look at uh look at Kyrie. He told the Cavaliers if they didn't trade him, he was gonna go have knee surgery and he was gonna miss the whole season. It the I think that the Pelicans, the closer we get to the deadline, like you said, their backs are gonna be pushed against the wall because they of course they want a lot for AD. But the closer that deadline comes, they're going to have to ask for less and less because you, one thing you don't want to do is have a player on your team, especially of the caliber of AD, and he doesn't want to play. And he doesn't, he, he's not into it because then all you're doing is paying a man to be on your team. You're paying him just to show up because AD will not be, like we said, AD is not a free agent to, to, to 2021. And by then, we don't know, by then he'll be uh, 28 years old, which is very good. He'll still be his prime. And, I think the Pelicans got to act now while they can get some type of value from AD. They still have value for they have a lot of value for AD. They got to lower their standards. They're not gonna they're not gonna break the bank on any team trying to trying to get AD when teams are just waiting. Teams don't mind waiting it out. We've seen them teams waited out before. The the Cavaliers they waited it out when LeBron went to Miami. They waited it out and they went for him when he was free and again. But and that, that also brings up another question. For the players signing these big deals, is that the way to like maybe maybe that's not the way to go anymore? Signing these huge five year contracts because you don't know what the team is going to look like down the line. So I think LeBron James always been smart about keeping it simple with the short contracts. I know he signed this four year deal with the Lakers, but previously he keeps he stays on that two year contract with the player option after the first year. And I think that's that's smart because if he want if he does decide to leave, you don't know what the team's going to look like, you don't know what's going to happen. And and he can get out, but when you sign a five year deal like AD and stuff, it, it works both ways. Sometimes the team needs to move him out later on in the season. Sometimes the player needs to move on later on in his career. But when you have a big contract like that, it's really it gets really hard to move a player around like that because you got to go to the team that can afford them. Then you got to make sure you're not getting robbed when you trade them. You want to get some some type of assets back. But I, I just don't know what the Pelicans are to do. They're between a, a rock and a hard place. Like. Trade AD or let him sit, and he might not even he might not even play because I I got I just got word that he's not playing he will he will not be playing until the trade deadline is reached and I don't know I don't know what that if they're trying to like make sure he doesn't get injured because that could that could be the possibility that they're trying to make sure he doesn't he doesn't receive any injuries if they do trade him because you know but you can't trade an injury you can't trade an injured player so that that might be smart in the end but I think the the Pelicans can really have no choice here but to trade him. Now, maybe they don't trade him to the Lakers or they do something like the Spurs did. The Spurs <laughs> traded Carlin all the way to Canada. Just got him out the country. Out the country completely. He's a whole different country. And maybe maybe the Pelicans can do something like that. Just, I mean, that's the most they can do. But you got to definitely get some get some value. I think that the Pelicans, they're going to have to, if they... The Lakers keep going at them. I think that they're gonna they're gonna t- they're gonna come down a little bit. It won't be as many players. It might be uh maybe Brandon Ingram and a couple more players and a couple picks, but uh it won't be nothing like it is because I think the I think the Pelicans really have no choice but to trade AD. Yeah, man, I agree. And the thing is, is that I want to I want to take I want to bring it all to the the one person that told that gave AD the advice to make his trade request public, and that's. Kevin Garnett, we know we all know Kevin Garnett pretty much stayed his entire prime in Minnesota, and we all know he got to Boston like a few years too late. Yeah, they still won one championship, but who knows what they could have been if KG was still in his prime prime, along with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, all in their primes at the same time. Now I want to start with the Pelicans, and then I want to transition into the Celtics, who can give the Pelicans the most for Anthony Davis, just not right now. Now, the Pelicans can can offer Davis a five-year, two hundred thirty-nine million supermax after this season. If they wait till next season, Anthony Davis could be the first three hundred million dollar player in NBA history. Now, AD has already said he does not intend to re-sign with the Pelicans, and if he's traded to a team outside of the Lakers, he more than likely is not going to re-sign with that team either. Now, the Pelicans. I think I think the Pelicans should hold Pat. They should stay. They should keep AD. They should keep AD out, or you know, make make a game list of what games you can play in. Not too many. 
because you, you know the league is not going to allow a healthy player to just not play. <laughs> That's definitely true. That's definitely not going to happen. So maybe they can get to an agreement where Anthony Davis plays certain games and that way they don't lose their draft stock as far as their own pick is concerned because they're definitely, like I said, in the position they're in now, they're definitely in the race to have a high draft pick and they definitely want to keep that. I agree with you. They're asking for way too much. They're ask. They're trying to. They're trying to pull off a Brooklyn Nets trade. They're trying to do oh, yeah. like the Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets a few years, few years back. I, I think that was a one in a lifetime deal right there. Right, and I think, and I think Dale Dimps and the Pelicans are hedging on the on the fact that it has happened before with an with Paul with a Paul Pierce and KG and Jason Terry who were way past their primes. Cool. Way past that. <laughs> I mean, KG. I mean, KG was an injury away from a Walker, and we all know Paul Pierce. He ended up playing a few more, giving a good, a couple, a few more good years before he ultimately retired. And we knew what Jason Terry turned into. But like I said, Dale Dips. I think they're hedging the fact that it has happened before, and this is a generational talent we have, and we just want to hang on to that and see who we can get. The most from now, four first round picks. Do think that's a little bit too much. I can live with three at the most, but four is. I don't think anyone's going to give give him four of them for for AD. And like I said, the 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 one team that can give him the most, who ironically were the people who fleeced the Nets out of all them picks (laughs) that we just discussed, like. Coming up in this next draft, because I want to talk about the Celtics and how and their impact on trying to get AD. In this summer, the Celtics could end up with four first-round picks. Four. From the from the 76ers, the Grizzlies, and the Clippers. Now, we all know that Danny Ainge has told Dale Demps. Outside outside of Tatum, because he's we still we still we're gonna hang on to him. He's kind of he's like their Kuzma. You know, we don't want to really throw him in right now. We want to see if we can get a deal done without him before we just throw him into the package. And like I said, with all those picks and all those developed players they have, because like I said, they have the most, they have the, the probably the, they have the better package, you know, because they're young guys. We've seen they're developed. They are capable starters in this league. And with the draft picks, we all know those picks or more than likely going to be good draft picks outside of maybe maybe the Philly one because we all know Philly's going to make the playoffs and everything. But like I said, the other picks, they're definitely going to pay in, play into an effect. Now, like I said, like the Celtics can't trade for AD this season. They can't trade for him unless they throw Kyrie in the trade, which we know they're not going to do. And we all know the things surrounding Kyrie at the moment with the Celtics. So... The trade that the Celtics want to make with the Pelicans, now it gets a little more complicated because we don't know what Kyrie's going to do now. At the beginning of the season, he he said he definitely plans on resigning. But now, but now, middle into He's the singing season, a different tune. <laughs> I'm talking about singing it. And like, now they're in a bind because now they have to, they have to take into account the Kyrie factor. Okay, is he going to stay or is he going to leave? And we know... AD is not going to go to Boston or stay in Boston if he is traded with no Kyrie. Like that's out of the question. A, the the reason for AD leaving the Pelicans was so he could be with another star, so he can win a championship. And trading AD, trading Kyrie for AD, pretty much defeats the purpose. So they're hedging a lot on that. But like I said, in the the Lakers' perspective, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I I see I see, now now that you done brought the Celtics into my perspective I see now I mean no disrespect to Kyrie he's one of the best point guards but one of the best point guards in the league by far maybe the the best but I don't I don't think that the Celtics without without Kyrie are are going to be too bad I mean look what they did last year they made it to the third round and, and put up a hell of a fight took it to Game Seven with LeBron James and the Cavaliers yes I think they put up a, a hell of a fight and, I, and no like again no disrespect to Kyrie. But we've seen Kyrie with he him as a leader, him as a teammate. He had uh, Cleveland when LeBron left the first time. Never made the playoffs. Never even won. I think past twenty something games. Uh, we see him. We see him struggle ha- being a leader in uh, 
in Boston, and also Boston is a tricky place. You know, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> he gave him that blood, sweat, and tears, even a tooth. Yeah. And 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 they still they were still willing to trade him. So I think I, I think the Celtics have hurt their hurt themselves with that because a lot of people like to talk about that. I think when I think that the Celtics hurt themselves when they did that to Isaiah Thomas because. That shows that the team, you, the team's not loyal, and when you don't have a loyal team, it makes players not want to come play for you. Because if they, you're not loyal, what, what am I coming over here for? It? What am I signing this contract for? Then you could trade me off to whoever. And now look at Isaiah Thomas. Now Isaiah Thomas went from an All Star to well, who he play for now? The Nuggets? I believe so. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know what <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is doing. I don't know what he's, what he got going. He went from All Star to I don't know who Isaiah Thomas is anymore. He could be back on the Suns for all I, I, I know. I don't know. But there's just just the loyalty, and that goes a long that goes a long way. If you cannot trust your team, and I think that's what made Kyrie realize that maybe maybe I might not stay on this team because we did hear a few trade talks with the uh, Pelicans and about Kyrie and stuff. And I think Kyrie kind of got the ooh. I mean, they did it to Isaiah Thomas. Why wouldn't they do it to me? Another they, point like, guard. And I and I and know how how good uh, Terry Rozier played last year in the playoffs. The Celtics and. and the Celtics just seem to be that lucky team lately. They can lose a player and then gain a superstar right back. I mean, look at the turnaround they did. They, like you said, they pulled off one of the greatest trades in NBA history in my eyes when they traded uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry for those uh, three for those uh, first round picks. And look who they turned out to be. They turned out to be excellent players. They came they came in handy uh, very much. So even acquired to help acquire uh, Kyrie, they gave uh, the Cavaliers one of those picks and. Uh, and and that that helps that helps a, a a lot right there, but it also hurts the Celtics because they have like I don't think they have much loyalty, and I don't think that they show their loyalty because if you can trade a man who literally lost his tooth, play even played out of his sister's death, played a, a remarkable game, and you you can still find find in yourself to trade someone like that, that shows a lot about your your character as a team and an organization, how much you care about your players. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are really underrating the Isaiah Thomas factor into this. Because if we look back at it, Isaiah Thomas coming off an all-star all-star selection, another point guard coming up for a big contract, and another point guard with a little injury history. And the fact that they shipped him out after losing his tooth, playing through his sister's death, that rubbed a lot of players. They that rubbed a lot of players the wrong way because you can see that you know we're not committed to players. We're committed to just winning, and part of winning he is committing to certain players and telling them you have a future here. You don't have to worry about anything. You your spot is secured in this franchise. And I think when they traded Thomas and did all that for Kyrie, I think that really I think that really hurt the Celtics in the aspect of they know. They know that players, it can one thing can happen, and Danny Age will trade you to somewhere else. Like you can, you can be this All NBA, you can be an All Star, All NBA player, and you can be playing good. But the moment something happens or something better comes up, we know Danny Age won't hesitate to get you out of there for that better situation. And I think another thing, I think another thing, if you put, if you take in that Brooklyn Nets trade and. The Isaiah Thomas trade into effect, along with no one's bringing up when they traded the number one pick with the Sixers for that number three pick, and pretty much ended up getting Jason Tatum for free, yeah. along with another first round pick. So it's, a lot of teams are not eager to do business with Danny Ainge because of his track history with trades and him always pretty much finessing the other team into giving up too much for too little. So I think that's another thing that's going to hamper them as far as trading for AD is concerned. Because, like I said, with Danny Ainge's track history with trades, it's going it's going to be hard because you never know when you're going to be flipped like a coin for another asset down the line. And like and like I said, as far as those picks are concerned, you know we don't know who's going to be playing bas- basketball at that time when those draft picks come into come into play we don't know how good those players are going to be coming out we don't there's no certainty in that and the fact that and the fact that like I said the Celtics have all these picks but at the same time the Pelicans are holding still and even as the summer comes they are telling the Celtics you know it's not guaranteed just because you have the most to give doesn't mean you have the best 
package for us. And I, I really, I really believe that if it were me, I mean, a Kyrie for Anthony Davis trade, and I get to keep at least either at least Tatum and either Brown or Rozier, and keeping and keeping Horford and all those other people. Well, I would throw Horford in just because simple fact that AD will fill that void, but. True. Besides that, I would say I would say that you know I would I would do that because I, I I think that if if uh AD if they could get AD this to talk and take a talk AD to coming without Kyrie I think right now Kyrie Irving would be a pelican I think that's the only reason that Kyrie Irving is still a Celtics because like you said AD wants to play with another superstar Kyrie Irving is that other superstar on that team. If they had, if they just, if they had one more player, maybe even if Jason Tatum, uh, pull, like comes up just a little bit more, we already know that boy hooping because that boy can hoop. Yeah, but that boy I, I, I don't, I don't think the Celtics are loyal to uh, Kyrie. Of course, they're gonna say they want you to stay. They look how much love they showed Isaiah Thomas. They made Isaiah Thomas believe that he was their franchise. He thought he found a home for him just to be gone, just for him just to be gone the next day. That's that. That just does. That just that right there, which is something that you you just can't forget. And I don't think that they had a had the same loyalty with uh, Kyrie. I don't think I don't think that they have any type of feelings for him. Or of course they would like a, if like him to stay if he does want to stay. But if it doesn't benefit them, they'll send him off and they'll let him go somewhere else. And Kyrie will just be another player on another team. Yeah, like I say he'll just, he'll just be another player and. Another thing was Anthony Davis, his father. He he brought up the Isaiah uh, Isaiah Thomas factor into consideration because he was quoted saying that how I don't want my son playing for Boston. Look at how they did their All Star in Isaiah Thomas. Now that quote right there is going to hold a lot of weight because people are going to look on that because it's not like it's not like when they traded Isaiah, he was like some scrub or he was the the king's version or the son's version of Isaiah Thomas like we're talking about the Isaiah Thomas that averaged 29 points a game and led the league in fourth quarter scoring so if we're if we're if we're looking at it and we're saying Danny Ainge can trade that how can how can he not trade trade anyone else like you said Danny Ainge is committed to winning he's not committed to players the simple fact that he said he would include Tatum in a deal for Anthony Davis when this is on his second year in the league and the way he performed in the playoffs without their superstar in Kyrie, the fact that Danny Ainge is still willing to put him in the bargain when you traded back to get this one specific player and then two years later, you're going to ship him out the door for an AD. I understand the logistics of it. I understand that, yeah, AD is a generational talent and he's going to make the team better in some aspect but at the same time what has Anthony Davis done you know Anthony Davis had his own franchise had his own team and he was so good his first year that the Pelicans said we're gonna win now they they bet they bet everything the reason they're in the situation now was because they went all in and tried to win now when Anthony Davis first came into the league so that now at this point they have no young talent around him that has developed they have they haven't drafted well. They haven't had any good draft picks. They haven't done anything to surround Davis with a reason to stay in New Orleans. And so he's definitely going to get out of there. He's definitely trying to do it as soon as possible. And like I said, there's a reason the Celtics weren't on his list of teams. Like I said, he had the Lakers. He had the Clippers. He had Milwaukee for whatever reason besides the Greek Freak. And he had uh, New York. Now the Knicks, well, we we the Knicks, they're I don't know. Uh, we're gonna have to have a whole episode about the Knicks because oh my god. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think we should focus tomorrow's episode just on the Knickerbockers. Yes. But, yes. Now so, before we do get out of here, I do just want to tell everybody listening, I just wanna say uh that if you don't have this if you don't have the app Hardwood Amino, you need to get that out. This is where you can come and discuss with us and discuss with other NBA fans about everything. We have polls on there. You, we have trivia questions that you can follow. You can find this at the Fourth Quarter Podcast with Ed and Unc. That's the Fourth Quarter Podcast with Ed and Unc on Hardwood Amino app. And the thing is, it's all free. 
you ain't paying for nothing and you get to come on there with real basketball fans take real basketball trivia and just get your basketball knowledge up if you want to know more about basketball download this app this app will teach you so much it's so much fun i was just i i got it yesterday set it up yesterday started some started some polls y'all come over i just want to see what everybody think about this whole nba landscape because it's getting crazy out here in the nba like demarcus cousin said it's getting ridiculous and it's getting ridiculous, <laughs> and I hope, and I hope y'all see that. I, I, I hope y'all see that. Well, there you have it, folks. The hardwood amino. Uh, make sure to download it today. Make sure to get tuned in to the fourth quarter podcast on our Facebook page, Twitter at fourth underscore podcast, and on our Instagram page at Ed and Up. Be sure to tune in to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and the Anchor app bringing you the latest in the fourth quarter podcast shows that does it for us today on this cloudy wednesday morning i'm your host Unc. and i am your host ed and we'll check in and see you tomorrow guys you have a wonderful day all righty y'all peace <laughs>